الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين آمنوا أشد حبا لله صدق الله العظيم Allah Ta'ala has created us and put us into this dunya. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us out of His grace and mercy with this wealth of Iman. This life is a test. We are here in this very, very short life to make the everlasting life of the Akhirat. In this short life, which is the test for us, there are many, many things to do, many things to refrain from. This is what the test is all about. There are do's, there are don'ts. We have to perform our salah, we have to fast in the month of Ramadan. If zakat is compulsory upon someone, he has to fulfill the zakat. If hajj is compulsory upon him, he has to discharge that compulsion, go for hajj. Then likewise, there are all the obligations regarding mu'amalat, his monetary dealings, fulfilling the rights of people, dealing with everybody with good akhlaq, upholding the mu'asharat and the social life that Allah Ta'ala has given us in the Qur'an Sharif that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has taught us dealing with kindness, with compassion forgiving, overlooking these are all the, do- the do's, so many things besides this that are all part of the do's all the things that we have to inculcate, some of it is farz and together with the farz there's the nawafil, there's the mustahabbat and then there are the many don'ts as well that Allah Ta'ala's commands pertain to us in terms of that a person should not lie, he should not backbite, he should not look at haram, should not listen to haram, should not go to some haram place. There are restrictions on what he can eat, there are restrictions on what he can speak, there are restrictions on where he can go. There are many, many don'ts. Now all these do's, all these many things that he is required to do, to fulfill and there are many things that he has to refrain from. But what is going to be the fuel within him that is going to make it possible for him to fulfill what is required of him? And what is going to be the break in him that holds him back from that which Allah Ta'ala has forbidden? So this fuel that drives the person, this is the fuel of the Muhammad of Allah Ta'ala. And to the extent that this fuel of the Muhammad of Allah Ta'ala is in a person's heart, to the extent that he has connected himself to Allah Ta'ala, to that extent, let alone the do's becoming easy, the do's become a pleasure. One is a person is struggling to wake up for his Fajr Salah, and the other is a person can't wait for the time of Tahajjud to come. Now, both are human, both have the same things that make them up, both have the same needs, both need to sleep, both have all the needs that every other human has. One can't seem to make it to the Masjid for Fajr Salah, the other is impatient for the time of the Hajjur to come. What has made that difference? There's something, something that is driving this person that he can't wait for the time of the Hajjur to come. One poet, he expresses this, this yearning of the Ahlullah for the time to meet Allah. He says, 
that the appointed time is in the late part of the night, the time of the Hajjud. Meeting Allah Ta'ala meaning in that special moment when the special mercies of Allah Ta'ala are descending. So now in that time, in that moment, to stand up in front of Allah Ta'ala and make his ibadat, turn to him in dua. That the appointed time, like a person now has got an appointment with the beloved. So now when that appointed time is there, the minutes are ticking too slowly. From the morning I'm waiting for the evening. When will this evening come? It's taking too long. Now how did that happen? What created that? Nothing but muhabbat. And muhabbat is the driving force in everything in life. A mother is driven by muhabbat to do whatever she does for that child. She'll sacrifice anything and everything. Sacrifice her food for the child's food. Sacrifice her sleep for the child's comfort. Sacrifice anything. What drives that mother to do that? That in the middle of the night, the cold winter's night, and whatever it takes, but the child has, for example, messed himself. The mother will do anything to not comfort the child and sort him out. Place asleep. What drives that mother to do it? Put somebody else's child there, the chances are she might not do it. But her own child, what drives her to do it? What drives that father to do whatever he does? Muhabbat. And likewise, all the other things in dunya, we see what drives a person early in the morning to wake up, to go towards his business. Sometimes it's hailing, sometimes it's shining, whatever the case is. And if it requires overtime and it requires beyond overtime, he's ready to do everything. What drives him? Muhabbat. The love of Allah. The love of things. The love of family. The love of whatever it is. Likewise, when the love of Allah Ta'ala comes in the heart, then that drives the person. It drives him towards his salah. He doesn't have to be forcing himself. That drives him. That drives him towards taking the Qur'an Sharif. That drives him towards making the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. That drives him towards all the other virtuous acts. That drives him towards making khidmat of deen, to pass the message of deen. That is what then drives the person. And is ready to sacrifice whatever comes in the way. And minus this muhabbat, everything is a burden. Minus this muhabbat, it becomes like an uphill in everything in life. And the most simple things, the most easy things also become difficult. What changed is muhabbat. Every mu'min has muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. Without this muhabbat, there is no iman obviously. Every mu'min has this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. But that muhabbat sometimes is not to the extent that it has become a driving force from within. It's there. Certainly there. But to become that driving force, it requires some extra effort. One great personality, very great wali of his time, Imam al awliya of the time, among them, Hazrat Mashaf Ali Tamir went to visit him once when he was still in his very early years, he was very 25 years old, he went to visit. And this was the first time he went, first time he is coming to this place. So Hazrat was a personality of a very high caliber, but somebody with a very delicate temperament also, very sensitive nature, and very, very refined, delicate nature. Sometimes some small thing might go out of order that would affect him. One person uh, didn't lay the Dastar Khan properly. It was slightly like a some uneven piece got left somewhere. It wasn't all laid flat. First he suddenly realized he got a headache. I said, why did I get such a headache? He started looking around. He said, this is what it is. They put that right and he came right. That's how sensitive his nature was. Now in that sensitive nature, sometimes they detect some other things also. But Khan Rahmatullah came to visit him with his basirat and insight. He saw this person is going to be somewhere, someday some, somebody. So perhaps that was the reason. He said, I haven't said this to anybody, but I want to say it to you. And then what he said to him was, 
He said, when I make sajda, when I make sajda, I feel as if Allah Ta'ala has embraced me. Now, actually he was trying to put forward a feeling that is indescribable. How does a person put in words something that is indescribable? There is no way to describe it. But in a way to try and make a person understand some kind of way in which he might get some idea of what is being said. So now when a person, that parent embraces that little child, there's such a feeling of bond, just some kind of understanding of this. So when I make sajda, the feeling I get is as if Allah Ta'ala has embraced me. Subhanallah, can we imagine this too is something just to try and make somebody understand something, otherwise it's beyond description. Whereas nevertheless, that is not the objective. Feelings are never the objective. That is something which is a ni'mad. Allah Ta'ala blesses somebody with some good feeling. He, mashallah, has that enthusiasm, that uh, eagerness is brimming in him. Alhamdulillah, it's a ni'mad. And if there is no such feeling also, but he is doing what he is required to do, that too is no deficiency in it. Feelings are not the objective. And why this is extremely important to always bear in mind, Many a person sometimes starts questioning himself, but I don't seem to be getting any kind of enjoyment in whatever amala I'm doing. So it seems that I don't, nothing is happening for me, so I rather not even do it. Whereas the amal and the actions is what is maqsood. That is the objective, because that takes the person to the maqsood asli, to the maqsood haqiqi to Allah Ta'ala. And feelings, a person is not going to be rewarded for any feelings, he's not going to be questioned about the lack of any feelings. Feelings is not any part of what is the requirement. The ni'mad, Allah Ta'ala blesses somebody is a ni'mad. But nevertheless, again, this point that we were discussing, that this ni'mad that he receives, that that salah, forget being a burden for him, can we imagine what enthusiasm there must be for him, and how, what eagerness, the time for salah is As a result, he is getting this kind of ecstasy in his salah. And this is what drove people towards Amal. Sa'id ibn Musayyab rahimahullah says 20 years, 20 years of his life, he says, went in such a manner that the, whenever the Azan went, he was in the masjid. In other words, before the Azan, he was always in the masjid. It's obvious the Azan takes place a while before the Salah Jama'ah. But that Muhammad drove him long before that. This is that Muhammad. But that Muhammad is there, it drives the person. That Muhammad drives the person to do whatever Allah Ta'ala wants of him. And minus that Muhammad, then everything is a burden. Now this is the big question that this Muhammad, then Alhamdulillah, every mu'min has in his heart. How is this Muhammad developed to become that driving force? One person came to one Muslim and he asked him, that we keep hearing about this Muhammad, it must be increased. How do you increase it? They said to him that, asked him first, have you seen a little ember, small little ember, one spark that sometimes a person is burning something, there's one little ember there. Yes. He says, no, it's just an ember, there's a little bit of uh, heat in it. How do you make it into a flame? There is some fire in there. You can just see the redness. But how do you make this a flame? And how do you make it into a fire? So when you fan it. When you fan it, then that ember will again flare up. And when it flares up, it will start first, a flame will come, that flame will become a fire. But that's what's required. You need to fan this. When you keep fanning this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala that's already in the heart, then that muhabbat will start becoming a flame of muhabbat. And then it will become a burning and raging fire of muhabbat. But it's a process. Now what is this process? What are the things that fan the Muhammad of Allah Ta'ala that make it a driving force? There are many, many things that the ulama kiram have written, that they have mentioned, the Ahlullah and Mashayikh have explained. So some of these things are what we need to start inculcating. And this is the whole objective. Merely just talking about something or just listening about it and then not following up anything then the objective is not going to be achieved. Alhamdulillah, we'll get the reward, we'll get the sawab of 
gathering in the house of Allah Ta'ala or discussing something about deen but the objective is never just to speak about something, just to hear about something and then that's where we leave it and carry on. There must be that near, there must be that firm determination that you want to take something along. We want to now start moving one step ahead of you. With that intention, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will open the way forward for us. So among the many things that the Mashayah, the Ahlullah have written, one of the things that have been written as number one most of the time, that the tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif with tadabbur, with pondering. Now one is a person is not familiar with the meaning of the Qur'an Sharif, then at least the tilawat, tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif should be a part and parcel of our lives, daily. And those who make this a part and parcel of their lives, they see the purpose of this. The Qur'an Sharif becomes a means of their protection from so many things. The Qur'an Sharif opens doors. But unfortunately nowadays the tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif is fast dying out. We have to bring this alive. And then everybody knows some portion of the Qur'an Sharif which you know very well. Some portion of the Qur'an Sharif you should try it by the ulama kiram understand at least the translation of it, some short surahs. And we try to recite this in our salah with that meaning outside salah, little bit of tadabbur, pondering away, those simple ayat of the Qur'an Sharif. This is one of the very effective things that stands this muhabbat of Allah. That spurs on this muhabbat of Allah. This is something that we have to try and do every day. And especially tilawat in itself, that should never be neglected. We start of the day with the kalam of Allah Start of the day with tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif. This is what brings sukoon, what brings that tranquility in that home. Unfortunately, our homes have become filled with all the things that invite the shayateen. All the things that invite all the evil forces. And then as a result, whatever problems we keep facing and all the strife and tension and the untold issues that keep cropping up, we have to start bringing those things alive that bring that sukoon. Hazrat Usaid bin Khudayr is reciting Quran Sharif in his salah at night and that horse of his is tied close by, suddenly that horse starts jumping around. So he got concerned because his little child was lying nearby. That now this horse, just now he's going to trample his child. So he started terminating that salah, terminating his tilawat, then he sees everything is quietening down, so he carried on reciting again. And again that horse starts jumping around, so now he quickly terminated the salah, just now the child must get harmed. As he completed the salah, he looked up, he sees like a cloud of light just disappearing. So he comes to Rasulullah sallallahu and explains this what happened. Nabi says, You should have gone on reciting. You should have carried on reciting. That was that sakina, that tranquility, that peace that was descending due to the recitation of the Quran Sharif. It was coming right down into your house. Everybody won't see it. But it's there, it's a reality. And this is Iman Bil Ghayb, we have to accept it. This is what the Bishlam is giving us, that reality what happens. That when the Qur'an Sharif is recited, that Sakina descends. That peace, that tranquility comes down. Like every person in that household is daily reciting Qur'an Sharif. Why won't that house be filled with tranquility? Why won't that house be filled with peace and serenity? Why won't there be muhabbat between the people of that household? Why won't there be that feeling of goodness, happiness, because there's so much of Sakina, it must happen. But now instead of the Quran Sharif, the, all the things, whatever, Surafat and all kinds of nonsensical things via the social media and via all other mediums are flooding the home, flooding everybody's hearts and minds. And as a result now, the mind is so preoccupied with all these things. So now if the mind and heart were occupied with the Quran Sharif, that Sakina would descend right into that heart. But now the mind and heart too is preoccupied with all these evils. The person sometimes is spurred on to actually committing that haram. And if he is not committing that haram, his mind and heart is occupied in it. That mind and heart that is occupied in Quran will receive that sakina. 
that mind and heart that is occupied in haram, what it will receive? There is no vacuum. It's either there's water or fire. It's either that the air conditioner is on or it's a heater. There's no vacuum. And there's no neutral point. There's neither this nor that. So now with the righteous things, the things that will, the remembrance of Allah wa ta'ala, that is what will bring that sukoon, that tranquility, that peace in that home, in that heart. Then there will be that contentment. So this is the way to bring this in our home. This is the way to bring this in our lives. Otherwise, then a person now keeps trying to artificially bring some happiness. Artificial happiness. Like a person trying to fill his stomach with an artificial fruit. An artificial fruit is only good for looking at. You can look at it for one minute, maybe ten minutes. Something is really crafted very, very well. Maybe after another one, two days, another one, ten minutes. For how long? After a while, the person doesn't want to look at it. I saw it enough now. I don't want to see it again. That's artificial. It doesn't have any reality in it. It can't give that little bit, 10 minutes you can look at it, 5 minutes, you know. That thrill the person a little bit for the 5 minutes, and then after that he's over, he's bored with it. Then he's got no attraction in it. That's artificial things. So likewise, all these artificial ways of trying to keep ourselves happy, and all the artificial ways of trying to entertain ourselves, that is why a person today is this, and tomorrow he has to have something else. The next day something else, because there is never any satisfaction in it. But satisfaction comes out of reality. Quran Sharif is a reality. Quran Sharif is food for that soul. And everything can only be nourished by what is its own food. The stomach can be nourished with what is food for the stomach. And the food for the stomach is food. Some nourishing food, that you have to nourish the stomach. And likewise, the eyes have its nourishment to look at something good that will be the nourishment of the eye obviously what Allah has permitted so a person sometimes looks at some good scenery etc it refreshes his mind he feels refreshed listening to some good sound that is the nourishment of the ear obviously Allah's commands have to be upheld within that limitation the heart also has its own need the soul has its own need own nourishment and the nourishment of the heart and soul is Allah bi zikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. That with the remembrance of Allah wa ta'ala, the obedience of Allah wa ta'ala, the kalam of Allah wa ta'ala, this is where this heart gets its nourishment from. The soul gets its nourishment from. Take this away and put anything else. It's all just like artificial fruit a person is eating and trying to get full. He'll never get full, he'll get more thirsty and more hungry. And he will hurt himself. So this is the first thing that has been described, has been mentioned, the citation of the Quran Sharif with this tadabbur, with this pondering, thinking about what Allah Ta'ala is speaking to me. Then among the things that have been extracted from the Quran and Hadith, these are not things that have just been imagined by somebody. These are things extracted directly from the Quran and Sunnah. Among the very, very effective things that fan this muhabbat. And after all, this is what we have to keep fanning. This is what is the driving force. Without this, everything will be a burden. Then, first it will be Fajr Salah will be a burden, a person starts missing his Fajr Salah. Then Zuhar will become a burden, he starts missing his Zuhar also. Then every Salah will be a difficulty. Then, first it will be that he will make it just in his own time, then he will start becoming Qaza also. And then that too won't cross his mind. That becomes a very dangerous point. That way a person is ill, and it doesn't bother him that he is ill. One is a person is sick and he's concerned about his sickness. Now he's going to the doctor, he's asking for some medication, he wants to find out what to do, going to see some specialist, the doctor couldn't make it happen. Why? Because he's concerned about his ailment. But the person is lying there, there's a cancer already eating away, and it's not concerning him. Obvious what's going to be the outcome of this. So likewise, spiritually, Allah forbid that when this muhabbat starts diminishing then slowly the illnesses start creeping in the spiritual maladies start creeping in and to the extent that this muhabbat decreases that increases then first the person is conscious about it that what I'm doing is wrong I shouldn't do this and slowly from that consciousness first it was severe then it starts becoming medium then a person says well can't take life too seriously you know life has to carry on 
then he starts becoming numb to it. First that wrong was a very serious thing for him. That same wrong now he becomes numb to it. Well everybody else is doing it, but only I'm the only person left in dunya now to not penetrate from it. So he starts making excuses for himself to carry on. That now becomes a very dangerous point. Then shaitan now can very easily drop a person very far away. So this is the danger and this is why this muhabbat has to be constantly uplifted. So nevertheless this is the first aspect this Quran Sharif. The next aspect that the fuqahad, the ahlullah, the mashayikh have mentioned and this is extracted from the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu that a person together with the faraiz must have some nawafil in his life. The faraiz, faraiz is compulsory, there is no question about compromising on it. That too is unfortunate that that too has become a problem for us. But that must be in a person's life. Together with the faraiz there must be some nawafil. What is a person comes? He comes to work, the employer has given him time, you must be working from certain time to certain time, and these are your tasks. So now, well, these are my tasks, I have to work from certain time to certain time, he's there on time, and he's gone on time. As soon as it's time, then you can't talk to him, he's gone. But you can't fault him also, because he's done his job, and he was there on time, and he didn't go before time. But then there's another employee, he is there before time. And he is there even after time. And what way his task is ready to do something beyond those tasks. And he's not waiting to be asked about it also. He just sees what's needed and he's ready to do it. Now it's obvious that the employer is not going to look at both in the same manner. When the time comes for that bonus, who's going to get the bonus is obvious. When the time comes for those privileges, who's going to get the privileges is obvious. When the time comes for the special favors, then the other person, well, you did your job, you got your pay also. You did your job, you got your pay, you carry on. But the person who went out of his way, he gave that extra time. He starts getting the special favors. A person who, besides the faraiz, and together with the faraiz, obviously the wajibat, there's no question of missing that out. Sunnat muakkada also, that too is not to be missed out at all. There's no question about missing the sunnat muakkada as well. So this goes without saying, over and above that, the sunnat e that poor person should try to fulfill. Many a times sunnat e for us means that it means that you mustn't do it. Sunnat e means if it means you mustn't do it, if not that, then at least it means that you don't have to do it, leave it. Whereas sunnat e doesn't mean that you don't have to do it. Sunnat e means that you must try your utmost to do it. Because there's so much to receive in it. Rahimallahu mura'an salla qabla al-asri arba'an For example, before Sunnah before Asr in the Hadith Sharif Rasulullah says Rahimallahu mura'an salla qabla al-asri arba'an The person before the Asr salah performs four rakats May Allah ta'ala have mercy upon him now, Subhanallah That four rakats we say Sunnah ghair waqqada So we treat it as one of those by the way things One is a person now didn't manage to make it in time Whatever the case is But without any effort to try and be there a little bit earlier and without any concern or the person is there just totally missing it out what he's deprived himself of he just took it well read more it but what he deprived himself of he deprived himself of this dua of Rasulullah Allah's Nabi is making dua Rahimallah Muran may Allah have mercy on that person if some Buzruk gave us dua we feel thrilled about it indeed we must be happy about that too what about the dua of Rasulullah And that dua is available for us daily. Every day we can be taking this dua by making these four rakats before Asr. Likewise, there are the sunnah that are more as well. But then together with that, some nawafil. And in the hadith sharif, Nabi Sallallahu the hadith Qudsi, where Allah wa ta'ala says that my servant does not get closer to me by anything more than the faraiyah. That is the bottom line. You want to build a house, you can't do it without the foundation. You want to get to the self skies, you'll have to first take off from the ground. So that is the first thing. But then, The faraiz are there, and with the faraiz goes along with it, all these other things we mentioned, the wajibat, the sunnah-e-mawqadah. But then Nabi Salaam says that Allah says, 
my servant continues to then get closer to me bin nawafil by means of the nawafil means of the nawafil for example the two rakats of ishraq mashallah we have a lot of shawm and we all desire Allah ta'ala take us for umrah take us for hajj and mashallah this is a great thing but that reward of that hajj and umrah is available daily to every person that in the hadith sharif nabi islam says the person who after the sun has risen performs his two rakats then he is granted the reward of one hajj and one umrah two in one one hajj and one umrah and on top of that nabi islam says tammatin 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 three times a perfect hajj and umrah not a deficient one complete perfect what that reward will be we might go physically and perform it inshallah allah ta'ala take us to get that reward but perhaps with all the best effort that we can make we won't get it perfect but here we'll get the reward of that perfect hajj and umrah with the two rakats the nafil of ishraq but that is the reward that comes but the greater aspect in it is that this becomes a means of getting this closeness to allah ta'ala what closeness that the person continues allah ta'ala says he continues to get closer to me by means of the nawafil hatta ahbabtuhu until i then love him he becomes the beloved of allah ta'ala he reaches the rank of mahboobiyah he was the thing is that a person who is a lover the lover is no great deal anybody can be a lover but to be a beloved beloved of the greatest of all to be a lover he might not even want anything laysa sha'nu an tuhib walakinna sha'na an tuhab the real thing is not that a person can love someone the real thing is his love so here allah ta'ala is saying hatta ahbabtuhu until i love him he becomes the beloved now what brought about that this progressing in the nawafil sometimes it's charged ishraq and salatul duha salatul awabin allah ta'ala give tawfiq tahajjud salah at least the two rakats of qiyamul layl with the niyat of qiyamul layl after the isha salah a person gets tawfiq he wakes up in the late part of the night but all this starts fanning this muhabbat it starts fanning this muhabbat of allah tabarak wa ta'ala through which he starts getting closer to allah ta'ala this muhabbat the more this muhabbat gets fanned the more this itself becomes the driving force within him and then he doesn't have to drag himself anymore he is then driven from within so these nawafil this is also something we should be paying attention to trying to inculcate something we start off somewhere and perhaps maybe two rakats nafil of the diyat of awabin after maghrib that is now with the salah of maghrib there's no real extra effort in that and very often very very often that time which we would have spent in the two rakats four rakats in the masjid in that nawafil very often that time it is not spent in the masjid is still spent in the masjid yard it is not in the masjid it's not that we got home as now ustad azad maulana abdurrahman sahab ta'ala barakatuhum often says that most of us want to be part of the ppc the pavement panchayat jamaat ppj so then the person now if he is not in the masjid he is part of that that party which got free membership there's no subscription fees and everybody is welcome all the time but the time goes away there without any fail the person now will be there others who made their awabin and they made long rakats also they will also make salam to him and be gone home it still be there so this little bit of shaitan will put all these waswasas and well now you going to be in a get delayed and so on but that two rakats won't take anybody away from anything he start making those two rakats four rakats slowly somewhere but together with the other aspects we should be having some nawafil in our lives yes obviously it goes without saying we talking about nawafil we mentioned the foundation is the farayim it doesn't come any doesn't make any sense that a person now start making nawafil but still neglect the farayim the farayim goes without saying that's the foundation this is to be built on top of that foundation that a person is fulfilling his farayim is now making nawafil as well then together with the farayim nawafil the very very important thing that fans this flame of mohabbat and this is what that fan is that is extremely important is the fan of the zikr of allah tabarak wa taala and this is something to be done 
extremely deeply regularly this is the food for the soul this is that sand for the muhabbat the zikr of allah tbaraka wa taala the zikr of allah taala often our mind just gets confined to just certain aspects of zikr the two is zikr the zikr of the tongue verbally a person engaging in various askar and there should be some specific azkar tasbihat which are part of our daily ma'mul daily practice we have so many daily things we will never skip it for anything many things of our day to day routine somebody's daily thing is he must read the newspaper that they can't pass without him having read the news and often after he finishes the whole newspaper ask him what what you got out of it thus far how you spent one hour one and a half hour sometimes depending what the day was and what paper it was or half an hour out after this half an hour so he'll might give you something in one line well this happened in some part of the world see well i already heard that outside yesterday besides that what else you got besides that maybe something in another half line see well that's why i finished here already so what else you got out of this one hour you spent but now that one hour that gets spent half an hour that gets spent on the newspaper nothing can take that away so that becomes like a person's mamul it's like his addiction somebody on that whatsapp somebody in Say from the time he went to sleep at night, and by the time he woke up in the morning, there were 900 and some messages. 900 and some messages, just merely reading the names of who these messages came from. That he'll probably read on Parai this time, because 900 names he'll read only. Forget the messages inside. By the time he reads the messages, he'll be gone khatam. If he read, spend the time in the Quran Sharif. But that becomes indispensable in a person's life. Come what may, that will not stop for anything. but what gets stopped or what they even even existing in the day sometime for the tasbihat for the zikr for tilawat of the quran sharif so the zikr of allah tbaraka wa taala this is extremely important hazrat maulana ijaz khan nabi rahmatullah alai in giving the tarheeb for ilm and zikr the six points that we learn about this ilm and zikr is to say ilm without zikr is jahalat ilm without zikr is dalalat and zikr without ilm is jahalat that the if the zikr is missing even that ilm will become deviation this is how crucial this is that this is what gives that light this is what really drives the person forward this is what conditions the heart and mind so one is the zikr with the tongue this is the zikr of the heart sometimes the tongue is engaged in the zikr of allah tbaraka wa taala and the heart is in something else but this is the zikr of the heart as well apart from the time when a person is making his tasbihat his zikr his tilawat he's keeping his heart concentrating as well apart from that the zikr of the heart one zikr of the heart is reflecting and pondering this is a very great zikr reflecting and pondering about what that's a very important thing reflecting and pondering about the bounties of allah taala on me what would allah taala have showed upon me to think about it that also fans this mohabbat within a person somebody keeps doing some favor to someone daily every day one day is coming and helping him to do some work the next day he is bringing some food for him the third day he is giving him some gift the fourth day something else sooner or later that bond gets developed because he see every day this person is doing so much for me and he is ready to do anything in return but who can do anything one fraction for what allah taala has given us but we are so unconscious of it we don't even give a second thought to it as a result of which this mohabbat with allah taala is missing because we forgot all this allah taala gives it's all his ni'mat it's all his bounty so because we forgot about it we got no connection with the benefactor somebody kept on keeping one parcel outside our door every day there's some money in there also there's a lot of other valuable things but we don't know who the person is so now we meet him on the road too we might just push him aside but no idea who he is the one keeping every day the parcel on the door but we don't have any idea who kept it so now he tried to come to meet us too we think he's on busy now just go somewhere but suddenly somebody tells us he is the one that's keeping the parcel every day at your door we go running behind him what changed the whole situation we got to know who the benefactor is we have to sit and concentrate on the daily 
Allah Ta'ala has blessed me with all your wishes. And when that will become dominant in the heart, then it will become difficult to misuse the bounties of Allah Ta'ala. But when a person is not conscious of it, just like carries on, then well, this is mine. It's my money, so I'll use it as I want. It's my eyes, I can look at what I want. It's my ears, I'll listen to what I want. My tongue, I'll speak as I want. But now when I'm becoming conscious, all this is a gift of Allah. And it is His special gift. It is His special bounty. In one moment Allah Ta'ala takes it away, gone. One person just recently, at one day was some eye operation. So in the process, he was just discussing it. Before that, long before that, he already had a problem and daily this was the case. He has to take some tear, some kind of whatever, manufactured tears. And he has to put some tear drops into his eyes daily. Those tears cost uh, so many drops every morning, afternoon, evening. Each tear that drops into his eye is five run a time. So by the time in the morning alone about five tears, in the afternoon five tears, in the evening five tears, each drop is five rand a time. Those tears, Allah Ta'ala blessed us with those tears in that eye for free. Now that tears dried up in his eye, or that moisture dried up, so now he has to buy tears and five rand a drop. Now can we imagine this ni'mat of the eye? This is only the tear, let alone the eye. Just to keep that eye functioning optimally, the tear is required. What about the eye itself? So, when a person will ponder over this, sit down and think about the na'mat of Allah and from the depths of the heart make shukr. Ya Allah, you bless me with this na'mat of the eye. Alhamdulillah. Now, every day he is reminding himself and saying Alhamdulillah. And now after that he will take that phone and look at haram also. Would that be possible? He just thanks Allah, just express shukr. Ya Allah, your na'mat. Your bounty. You bless me with this. And then he's going to look at haram. Will that happen? Will that be possible? Like somebody gave us a gift, he said in Jazakallah and then throw it at his face. That won't happen. So now to bring this alayah, this zikr of the qalb, of the heart, is this pondering, tafakkur, pondering over the ni'mas of Allah wa ta'ala, pondering about the asma and the attributes of Allah wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala is al-qadir. He is the one who created everything out of his qudrat. Now a person is seeing things, unfortunately we see things, we see it only in the material sense. You see something of technology, it fascinates us. We'll see one high building, that will fascinate us. But, أَفَلَمْ يَمْدُرُوا إِلَى السَّمَاءِ فَوْقَهُمْ كَيْفَ بَنَيْنَا وَزَيْجَنَّا فَمَا لَهَا مِنْ Allah Ta'ala says, you look at all this, what man with his little bit technology, which Allah Ta'ala enabled him to do, he become so fascinated. Did you not look at the sky? Afalam yanduru ila samai fawmahu Kaifa palina How we created the sky? Such a huge sky, not one pillar holding it along. Kaifa palina Wazai janna And how we adorned it with all these stars Wamalaha min furuj Not a single gap and crevice anyway in the whole vast sky So now to, when we look up Ya Allah, this is your kudrat If you look down at the earth Allah, your kudrat. We look at that flower, Ya Allah, this is your shan, your kudrat. We look at that smile on that child, Ya Allah, this is your kudrat. And every way around us, we keep seeing the kudrat of Allah, wa And we see, keep seeing the manifestation of His greatness. That is the zikr of the heart. This zikr has to come alive as well. When the zikr of the heart will come alive, that heart will stop thinking about all the other nonsensical things. The heart won't be engaged in all the other haram fantasies. The heart will be engaged with Allah Taala. So to bring the zikr of the heart alive, the zikr of the lisan, the zikr of the qalb, and the zikr of the hal, that a person keeps his condition of zikr, that he's keeping himself in the obedience of Allah Taala. That is the hal of zikr. That he's remembering Allah Taala in the sense of the obedience of Allah Taala. The one who is obedient to Allah Ta'ala, he is the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. So together with the aspect of the tilawat of the Quran Sharif, then the aspect of the nawafil, together with that is also the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. Zikr of Allah Ta'ala with the tongue, zikr of the heart, zikr of the entire self. And a person 
the zikr when it comes to it as it progresses then he hands him his complete thoughts his mind and heart and everything for Allah that then brings him to the level where he'll only do that which pleases Allah and therefore in the same hadith sharif which we discussed about the nawafil Allah says that this person continues with the nawafil to the point of mahboobiyah he becomes my beloved then when that happens I become the eyes with which he sees I become the ears with which he hears I become the hand with which he holds what does this mean? his eyes will only see that which Allah is pleased with his ears will only listen to that which Allah is pleased with and then at the end of that hadith Nabi Salaam says that Allah Ta'ala says such a person such a person when he will seek protection from me I will grant it to him and when he will seek my assistance, I will give it to him. He becomes mustajab of da'awas. His du'as become accepted. Where this came from? From this. Now, this was after Nawafil. The Nawafil took him there. If the faraiz are not in order, where are we going to get close to this? So this faraiz, the Nawafil, and all these things are going to fan this Muhammad of Allah wa ta'ala. Then the other very, very important thing is that this Muhammad gets fanned by giving preference to the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala over the muhabbat of the nafs. And this is an extremely important thing. And this is where, unfortunately, many a times, though we sometimes keep ourselves engaged in many of the other amal, when it comes to this, we fail. We then fall. That to give preference to the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala over the muhabbat of the nafs, simply what this means is, that when something is becoming a temptation, something is becoming an obstacle in the way of Allah Taala, something is becoming an obstacle in obeying Allah's command, then a person is able to suppress that. He is ready to trample that, but not to break the command of Allah, not to neglect the order of Allah. It doesn't matter my heart breaks, let it break. Now that temptation is so strong that if I don't it seems that if I don't give in to the temptation, my heart will break. Then let it break, don't worry. So this heart that breaks, but it breaks for Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will mend this broken heart with his muhabbat. When something tears, then it's some glue or something used to stick it. Material tears, then it's thread. And if that wall breaks, that bricks spread apart, then it will be cement that will then put it together. When the heart breaks, but for Allah Ta'ala. And the heart breaks for Allah Ta'ala, what material then comes along to put together the broken pieces is the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. Then that muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala permeates that heart. Because that broken heart now absorbs the muhabbat in every crevice. So this is that very very important aspect that fans this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. That every day, every now and again, a person is confronted with so many different things, sometimes confronted with some temptation to look at something haram, something to listen to, to speak something that is wrong, to go to some wrong place, to engage his heart in some haram thought. And all these times he is making this mujahada against that nafs. And he's trampling that nafs. But he is not breaking the command of Allah Ta'ala. He is trampling that nafs, but he is not neglecting the command of Allah Ta'ala. It is time for salah, he is holding for salah. It is time to discharge the zakat, he is suppressing whatever comes in the way. It is time to do whatever other action that is required of him, he is ready for it. It is a time to conduct himself with the correct akhlaq, and he is ready to trample his ego. He is ready to trample his nafs and his pride and his arrogance and whatever else, and to suppress that anger because he wants the reward that Allah Ta'ala has promised. سَابِقُوا إِلَىٰ مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ وَجَنَّةٍ عَرْضُهَا السَّمَاوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضُ وَعِدَّةِ الْمُتَّقِينَ That this vast jannat which Allah Ta'ala has prepared for the muttaqeen and who are the muttaqeen? الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ فِي السَّرَّاءِ وَالضَّرَّاءِ وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْرِ وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ Those who spend in ease and adversity Allah Ta'ala says وَالْكَاظِمِينَ hold malice in the heart. They clear their hearts also and forgive. Allahu yuhibbul muhsineen And on top of that they are ready to make ihsan on the person also. Now there is a tug of war inside. Should I vent this feeling? Or should I just forgive and overlook? 
says, no, I want to, the muhabbat of Allah. I want to fan this muhabbat. And I want to gain this closeness to Allah. So I am ready to suppress this anger. But doesn't matter. I'll forgive and forget. Now this person starts moving very close to Allah with all these things. So this is among the many, many things. These are some of the few things that the Allah and Bashayat have mentioned that fans this muhabbat of Allah in the heart. And together with that, sacrificing one's leisures and pleasures, one's desires to serve the deen of Allah ta'ala, to take the word of Allah ta'ala to various parts of the world, all this is part of the same family. So everything starts off right from where we started off and right beyond this. All the time we are in need to keep fanning this flame and to try and keep increasing it, to try to keep making it grow even more intense to the point that Allah ta'ala out of His grace brings us to the level of mahboobiyat where we are not even worthy of being truly calling ourselves to any iota also to say that we are the lovers of Allah because a lover, somebody who makes a claim of love then there is something to back that a claim needs evidence that a person makes a claim then he can't be just lip service that a person is claiming is loving Allah as one poet he describes it that you claim to love Allah that your claim is that you are a very great and ardent love of Allah but at the same time you are disobeying him then this is a very very strange thing this is a very strange way of analyzing something that you are claiming something but you are doing the opposite now if we really analyze our lives then what claim can we have but Allah Ta'ala out of his grace is saying you do these things let alone you being my lover you become my beloved you become the mahboob of Allah so these are the things that we have to try and inculcate we spoke about tilawat in the Quran Sharif let us try and start off somewhere if there isn't any tilawat we start off tonight not tomorrow tomorrow never comes like that board in that shop that says cash today credit tomorrow so that tomorrow never comes so qiyamah won't come because that tomorrow will still be there that you must come tomorrow for the credit not today so that tomorrow will never come it must start today so today if you don't have any mamul let us start off with half a page today some tasbihah zikr at least Duru Sharif istighfar hundred times each. How long will that hundred times take? If a person just does that one day and just checks Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah hundred times, won't take him two and a half minutes. Done well, done properly. And Duru Sharif hundred times, even the short formula of Duru Sharif, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, reciting Guru Ibrahim at least one time, three times first, then even the short formula of Duru Sharif, that will take him another two and a half minutes out of the 1,440 minutes in the day, 5 minutes. Then, 100 times, Allah gives off in the third kalima, oh, subhanallah, you bihamdi, the hadith sharif, it comes, subhanallah, you bihamdi, just this much. 100 times a day a person decides, Allah forgives his sins, wa inkanat misla zawagil bahr, even if it's equivalent to the foam on the ocean, the minor sins get forgiven. How long? That will take another 2.5 minutes. For the 7 minutes, 7.5 minutes, 10 minutes, but how much to achieve and to get closer to Allah ta'ala. Then the faraib obviously we can't compromise on that. The wajiba, sunnah-e-muhakkada, sunnah-e-ghair-muhakkada as well. We try to make as much effort as we can to fulfill all this. And together with that, some nawafil. Some nawafil, we start off with one nafil. At least the one nafil, after the Isha Salah, we make the two rakahs nafil with the niyat of Qiyamul Layl. That will to some extent achieve for us the reward of tahajjud also. And all the benefits of the Hajjim to some extent, inshallah, we get. Kullu ma sulliya ba'd al-isha fa huwa min al-layl. This too is a, to a degree, qiyam al-layl, a kind of Hajjim. Not the full benefit, like a person will get in the last part of the night. Let us start off with that at least. And inshallah, all the great benefits that come out of this. And the very, very important thing, to suppress that nafs, not to give in to the desires of nafs, and to the temptations of shaitan, that is the greatest zikr. That is the peak of all the zikr. That that person is immersed in zikr when he is suppressing that haram desire solely for the pleasure of Allah Taala. In order to keep his connection with Allah Taala, may Allah Taala give us a topic that we become truly his beloved. Allah Taala grant us that muhabbat, grant us that itaat. Allah Taala make us his true and sincere servant. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Let me take a few minutes and go.
Allah. All those and any kind of difficulties and hardships removes with afiyat, ya Allah. Grant afiyat to one and all, ya Allah. Grant us afiyat in our deen, ya Allah. Grant us afiyat in our dunya, ya Allah. Allahu alamin, all those who have passed away make the complete maghfirat, ya Allah. Grant them the high stages in the akhirat, ya Allah. At the time of our death, take us with the kalima, la ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on iman e kamil, ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, ya Allah. Allah, take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, ya Allah. Grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Allah, all those who ask us to make dua for them, those who are desirous, we should make dua for them. All those who have raised their hands to this dua, ya Allah. You are the know of each one's needs, ya Allah. Fulfill each one's jayas needs from the grave, ya Allah. Remove each one's hardships and difficulties, ya Allah. Grant the best of dunya and akhirah to each one, ya Allah. Allah, our greatest need is, ya Allah, Allah, that we become yours and you become ours, ya Allah. Allah, you make us yours, ya Allah. Allah, you become ours, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Allah, save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. All the good that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam begged for, Allah, grant us as well, ya Allah. Whatever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sought refuge from, Allah, you protect us also, ya Allah. اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين الحمد لله